This is the Conquer Local Podcast, presented by Vendasta, with your host, George Lee. This week in the Conquer Local Master Sales Series, Prospecting 101, I've got 10 things that you need to do to make sure that you continue with peak sales performance. Too often, salespeople have highs and lows. They perform at an outstanding rate, crush all their budgets, exceed plan, and then the next month they go dark. What is it? What is that phenomenon? How do we solve it? It's called keeping the funnel fat. We're going to dig into those 10 items, prospecting 101 this week on the Conquer Local Podcast. So how do we get that peak performance? And prospecting really is the key to this. We need to be putting new opportunities into the funnel all the time. And it's, it's a hard thing. It's hard to be disciplined to always be prospecting because you have the whirlwind of all this business that you brought in last month that you need to make sure is being serviced properly and that all the things you promised are coming true. So there are some things inside your organization that you need to be uh, aware of. And, you know, one of the things is making sure that you're not setting expectations that are outside of what you're delivering. Um, I can't believe that I have to say this, but I find it to be something that I do have to train on for new salespeople and maybe for older salespeople that think that they can still get away with lying. You just can't lie anymore. And listen, I've made the mistake. There's been lots of, t- well, it wasn't really lying. What I did was I was telling the truth in advance and then it just didn't come true. But what I mean by this is research is really easy. We have this thing in our pocket and we can do research. And as soon as you leave the sales call where you have made some promises to a customer, they're online trying to figure out if you're full of shit or not. In fact, we are programmed as a society to be skeptical. So you need to make sure that you're delivering on your promises. So that's number one. Let's put that right at the beginning. Now let's move into the things that you can be doing to make sure that you keep your prospecting funnel fat. So the first item that I want to touch on is... When you're preparing your calling script, whether that is a live presentation or something that you're doing over the phone, and I was just on a call this morning with a group of fine folks in South Africa, they call it telesales in South Africa. So if you're doing telesales or you're doing face-to-face sales and you're preparing the script, what you're going to say, remember there are a hundred other sales reps that are calling on the prospect. How are you going to make sure that you stand out with your pitch? What are the things that you're going to say so that they go, Oh yeah, I remember Brock. He was fantastic. He was the one of the hundred that stood out. You're going to have to be in the top three of the salespeople that are calling on that prospect. I always push to be in the top three. Oh, who am I kidding? I always push to be number one, but you got to be in that top three. There's a hundred presentations made. There's three of them they're going to consider. How do you make sure that you're in the top three so you have a shot at winning the deal? The other thing, long emails don't work. It's ridiculous to think that that frigging novel that you sent to the customer is going to be read word for word, paragraph for paragraph with 21 attachments sent to it. People are busy. Just think about your day. Think about the emails that you've read recently. Too long, didn't read. T-L-D-R. It is an acronym that's being used by tons of people. The presentation was too bloody long. Put a synopsis there at the beginning. Give them some stuff in the appendices so if you run across somebody that's data-driven, they can drill into the information. So it looks like you did your homework. You still need to do your homework, but give them a compelling reason to move forward, to speak to you more. So make sure that you're respecting the time of not just the person reading the email, because this applies to the presentation that you're making. More words doesn't mean you're going to get the deal. In fact, the more words that you speak, the stupider you may look. So make sure that you're coming up with a concise message. 
Make sure that you're respecting the reader or the audience's time and don't take too long to get to the point. Let's move on now. You want to make sure that you're asking questions to invoke a response. Some of the questions you may ask, you might already know the answer to, but what you're trying to do is to take the prospect down a path that's going to get them to realize that the solution that you're presenting will solve their problem. And sometimes when you're thinking about communicating with a prospect or a client, it really is an art to craft that message so that you have that aha moment across the desk or across the email or across the telephone from you, or even if it's on text. So you wanna make sure that you're asking questions that get you a response. I want you to think about your emails like they're a text message or they're a tweet on Twitter. Now this is a real art and it kind of goes counterintuitive to writing a proper email with proper grammar, but texting and tweeting, there's nothing proper about it. Just ask Donald Trump. It's about delivering a message in 140 or 280 characters or very short and to the point. And some of the customers that I have the best relationship with, I just text them. So we are a texting and tweeting society. Get to the bloody point. Respect your prospect and your account's time. Now you wanna make sure that you're adding value. So this, George, you just said that I can't send a long email or I can't send a long message or I can't spend two hours in front of the prospect. And uh, yes, you can't do that. But you need to make sure that you add value. What you don't wanna do is just be the pontificating blowhard across the desk that doesn't have anything to back up all the shit that they just said. It's number one, annoying and it's not professional, and the deal is just gonna go to someone that did their homework and was able to present it in a way that again, got the prospect to have that aha moment. So by all means, add value with documents and links and case studies. Send emails that aren't asking for money. Send emails that are just giving that customer more knowledge around the things that you're trying to educate them on. Your product offering, your service offering, how it solves their problems, and the fact that you are a trusted local expert. That's what we need to be moving towards. The next item, we need to focus on not just sending the email, but we need to focus on when it's received. So think again about these text messages. What I love is read receipts, because when I send a text message to somebody, I know if they read it and then if they ignored me. It's super annoying when you send it to them and it asks them a question and it says read and you don't get a bloody answer back. That's what we need to be like when we're sending out email campaigns, because here is the key. The moment that the prospect is at their hottest, so the hottest lead that you can get is someone who just opened an email. Whether it's you're trying to get a hold of them to collect some copy, so it's somebody that's bought from you and you're trying to fulfill on the things that you said you were going to do. When they open the email, pick up the phone and phone them. Now, you may not want to say to them, hey, I noticed that you opened my email. Some people find that to be really creepy. But what you will say, and this is the way I'd like you to craft it is, I recently sent you an email covering off the things that I wanted to present to you, offering you some information about your business that I've discovered, or asking you for some things that I need so that I can do the things that I said I was going to do. And the reason that it's so important to understand when that email was received, and there's a ton of solutions out there that can track this information for you, is that's when you're top of mind with the prospect. That's when you're most likely to get the result that you're looking for, which is some sort of action on the call to action that you've sent to the customer. So focusing on when the email is received is a vital piece to the puzzle. 
When we are able to train sales organizations that communicating at the point that you know the email was received, we see an increase of 20 to 40% in productivity, meaning they're able to move forward on the goals that they have, whether that's revenue or whether it's getting fulfillment done or whether it's driving customer success. So those are some big lifts in your performance. You need to understand what your prospect or your client's communication preference is. This is a really, really important point in 2018 because there's so many bloody ways that we could communicate with a prospect. Let's list off some of them. There's carrier pigeons. There is smoke signals. You could send something by dog and pony. You could also just hand deliver it. You could send it by snail mail. There's text messages, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, email, and the list goes on. But what's most important is understanding that your prospect and your clients have a preferred communication method. And that's where you're going to be able to message that person and get the response and to drive the thing forward. I believe the text message is the most intimate way to speak to a client. And I really encourage sales teams to have a great relationship with their A accounts where you can text them. Does that mean you're always going to get a response? Maybe not. But I believe that it's a more intimate way to communicate than with emails. You need to research your leads and have that intelligence pushed to you. So what the hell does that mean? Research actually can be a dark hole. And I love talking to salespeople. So why didn't you hit your budget this month? Oh, well, I was too busy doing research on this new initiative that we have. Okay, so you were too lazy to go do what you're actually getting paid to do, which is talk to customers about the offer that you have. Research can be a black hole. And what you want to do is come up with robots that can do your research for you. And thank God we live in 2018 and not 1918. Because in 2018, we can get robots to just push intelligence to us when it happens online. It happens on uh, stocks. So I use uh, Seeking Alpha as my stock app. And if anybody writes a story around the stocks that I have inside there, I set up my portfolio and I want to know what's happening with my stocks. As soon as a story is written, it just scrapes the internet and it sends that information to me. Now, the other way that I could do this is I could go online and research everyone and look at my list of stocks. And, oh, it's just, it's annoying when I think about how I used to do it compared to how I do it because I found this amazing app. So the research that you need to do is what are the tools that I can find that can get me intelligence without having to do it by hand? And I don't mean by hand going and doing it by hand with a piece of paper and a pen and going to the library. What I mean is doing it by hand by going to Google and searching for various things. Just come up with a way to automate that. And there are tons of solutions out there like the award-winning snapshot report from Vendasta. So there is the shameless plug, but it's such a fantastic tool. I was on a call with a client in South Africa and their sales team was doing nine different searches on every client. And with a snapshot report, we can just do it with one push of a button. That's just one example of an amazing research tool that gets the intel pushed to you rather than you having to go find it. It is a game changer. Now, I talk about this a lot. I can't stress it enough. You need to become known as the trusted expert. So you notice that I didn't say trusted local expert. I'm just talking about the trusted expert. I'm looking across the counter at my friend of uh, about 15 years, 
maybe longer than that, Mr. T-Bone from the Sound Lounge, who produces the audio for all of the Conquer Local podcasts. When we thought about doing a podcast, we were like, oh, well, we could use the in-house studio with a shitty microphone. And I'm like, no, we're not doing it. If we're going to do a podcast, we're going to get T-Bone to do it. Because T-Bone and I have been working on audio projects for those 15 years. We should really come up with how long it's been, but I think it's 15 years. And I trust that he's going to do a fantastic job. He's an award-winning producer. He's going to take our podcast to the next level. Now, I'm going a little bit overboard here but what i'm telling you is if you are a trusted expert you will just get the next bloody deal because what happens is you just remember the person that has performed for you oh i need to run an advertising campaign george has always taken really good care of me hey george i got five grand that i want to spend with you that's as i got to be better in my career as a salesperson that is what would start happening the same thing can happen if you're a flower shop you put together great bouquets of roses somebody gets in trouble with their significant other they decide they're going to have to give some flowers to get out of the doghouse oh i'll just go to bill's flowers he does a great job i could go buy them at costco but then my significant other will know i paid 29 dollars, and they want to extract 99 dollars worth of pain out of me so i better go to bill's and get the custom flowers Anyways, my point is, if you are the trusted expert, that is prospecting. By becoming the trusted expert, you will get the most amazing prospecting effect of all time called referrals. I don't do a lot of cold calling anymore, even though I really like it. I actually really like cold calling. I've done it in New York. I've done it in Chicago. I did it in it, uh, Charlotte one day. I actually sat in the parking lot waiting for a guy to come out that wouldn't answer my phone calls. Um, I actually kind of get off on cold calling. But if you are a trusted expert, you don't have to cold call. They call you. They're like, hey, I was talking to Bob and he said, you're the person that I need to speak to. Those referrals come in and referrals are one of the most amazing prospecting effects that are out there. You need to keep the funnel full. Always be prospecting. Dedicate time to prospecting. And this is something that I have tried to do throughout my entire career. Have I done it all the time? Probably not, but I think I've done a better job than most people. Prospecting is something that is just built into my DNA. I'm always looking for the next deal. Even when I can't handle the deals that I have, I'm still looking for the next deal. It is just something that I wake up in the morning and I just instinctively do. And that's what good salespeople are like. I don't care if you're in insurance business, if you're selling golf attire, if you're selling cars, the best people, if you sat them down and had a beer with them, they would tell you, I'm a great prospector. Here's what I want you to do. Just a really simple thing. Five before nine and nine after five. That is if you work nine to five. Most salespeople probably work longer than that. But make five prospecting calls before nine and make nine prospecting calls after five and keep the funnel fat. That's a tweet. We're going to send it out. But that's what you need to do as a salesperson. If you did that every day, five quick calls, five people that you want to talk to about an opportunity, book an appointment with five people, nine of them after five, just five o'clock, boom, nine quick calls. You've got all set up and that will help you keep that prospecting funnel together. You need to be rigid in scheduling your prospecting time. Don't let anybody take that away from you. That's how you keep the funnel fat and you keep your productivity at that seven out of eight cylinders. I don't know if eight out of eight is possible all the time, but I think we really can shoot for seven out of eight and that's where we're going to get peak performance. That is this week's episode of the Conquer Local Master Sales Series, Prospecting 101. We hope that it helps you hit your targets this month and in the months to come. I'm George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. 
Executive producers are Brendan King and Jeff Tomlin. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Writing by Michelin Gadet. Marketing by Devin Hennig, Michael Gatillon, and Brian Larson. Produced by Joshua Baker. <laughs>